All right. So last time I, on the last episode, I said that I would be happy to have anyone on a guest. And I got one response from my brother, John. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? Um, so John's here. Uh, well, he's not here. I'm in Toronto. John's in Kingston. I'm in your old bedroom um, right now. He's in my childhood bedroom. Um, yeah. What, what did you, did you want to talk about something in particular? Um, well, I don't know. What have you been up to now that you have this time? Uh, oh boy. I've been learning JavaScript. Are you, are you getting into coding? Yeah, I'm getting into coding. Okay. It's a, yeah, it's a weird kind of thing that happened. I I kind of got obsessed with trying to make something online, like a, a, a music education game type thing. Okay, it's something interactive. Um, yeah, like music. There's there's tons of them already online, but I wanted to try to make one myself because I have ideas about how to learn music, and I've been working on this book about how to learn music. So, um, anyway, it's been a, it's it's turning out to be a lot harder than I expected it to be. I took one um, coding class at university, so I only did it for a semester, and it was very challenging. So I I know that I know what you're going through is tough. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, um, you're the guest. I'm the guest. <laughs> you're the guest. Yeah. So what okay. have what have you been up to? Okay, I've been. I've been riding my bike a lot. Like I've been going on long road rides and like gravel road rides kind of more so than any other year. Cause it feels like it feels like an okay thing to do. You're just kind of by yourself in like the countryside basically. Um, and I've like developed this weird relationship with going on really long bike rides and that, it feels kind of like, so you know how you play a video game and you have like a quest and you have to complete it. And then once you complete it, you feel like a sense of accomplishment. Going on long bike rides has kind of been like that, but just not nearly as adrenaline inducing. <laughs> hmm. I found that like, right. if I get on my bike, and I ride, I only have to be motivated for the first half. And then I'm just like out there and I have to get home. So it's like, if I feel like I don't want to go on a big long ride, I just have to be motivated for the first half of the ride. And then I can, I just gotta, you gotta pedal home, gotta get home somehow. Um, and then when you get home, you feel this sort of, it's like, okay, good. I did that even though there's ups and downs when you're out there. Hmm. 
So I've been doing that. So you just kind of like you you sometimes you don't feel like going for a long bike ride. Yeah, but sometimes you just like put, you you go on your bike and you just put yourself far away from home and then you have to bike home. <laughs> <laughs> when you put it like that it sounds crazy, but it's kind of it's kind of like I want to get out there and I want to get some exercise, but you know when you like you know you you feel like there's like a mountain ahead of you when you go on a long run or like a hike or a bike ride and then you just do the thing and it's like oh it's not so bad once you're out there so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that you just have to like start going i don't know i've been i've been doing that like the other day my dad and our dad we have the same dad (laughs) and i uh we had to go to a music store and um and get um he needed a new interface for his computer so i rode with him and then i kept riding and then i just kind of kept going until it was like the time of day where i had to turn around and go home before dark and i ended up being out there for maybe like four hours i did like 80 85 kilometers which is long i don't usually go for that long but Hmm. It's been like a a good way of just like thinking. If I need to do a lot of thinking, I'll just get on a bike and ride for a while. So yeah, I don't know. That's I've been doing so, a lot of that. So where do you end up going? You said you gravel paths. Like what do you know where yeah. you're going? Or do you find like roads that you where you're completely lost? Sometimes I will go on Google Maps. I like to spend a lot of time actually at night on Google Maps, kind of just looking at roads that I've never been on. And then the next day I might go out to all those roads and see what they're like. Um, And then there's also a few roads right around home, like a few different routes that are like, you know, anywhere from like 20 to 70 kilometer routes that I just kind of know. And so I can hop on those anytime, but I'm more interested in finding new places to go to. I think usually I feel like a sense of like, I I need to be very, very productive. And I, 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 I feel like if I'm not being very productive, I'm falling behind. But right now Mm -hmm. it seems like it's okay to just, spend a day thinking and like a good way for me to do that is to be on my bike it seems Hmm. yeah so what do you think about i think about i think about a lot of stuff something i've been here's something i've actually been thinking of recently um so i'm a photographer trying to be a photographer i went to school for photography um and so I listened to your podcast about your your music journey um, mm-hmm. and about how what I found really interesting is right now you have like a specific you have a specific goal in mind with your music and the goal involves people and it involves community and connection. Is that is that true? Uh, yes. Mostly, yeah. yeah. So like, okay. So, 
kind of like there's this overarching thing, right? Which is community and kind of like being in service of the earth with your music. I've been trying to figure out how to go about that with photography and maybe you could help me out here. Um, when I first started photography, I kind of had the mindset where like, I really, I really like nature and landscapes. So taking photos of nature and landscapes is like, it's like by itself a way of promoting nature and a way of like mm -hmm. showcasing it. And that was like motivating. And I wanted to get really good at taking landscapes and really good at taking photos of nature. And that was kind of my focus. And like now it, like that's great but it's kind of feels like it's just an innate part of landscape photography and not necessarily a focus. Um, like if you go to beautiful places and you try and take photos of these places, you will show these places in a good light and they'll, they will look pretty, but it doesn't, now it doesn't feel like that is my like, motivation behind photography you know is it like too broad or like too yeah it's too broad in university too... i was like very focused on storytelling and narrative and my motivation with photography was like maybe the same as like someone who writes a short story they want to tell a story um because stories are important to people and they engage people's imagination and so that was kind of my, my thing. I wanted to make photo stories that were engaging and meaningful to people. And so I created work about childhood, kind of like imaginary life and um, very atmospheric photographs that seemed to have stories. And also like there was environmental elements. Um, but now I kind of feel like I've gotten selfish with photography and I just, I either, if it's like a contrived, maybe contrived isn't the right word. If it's like a planned idea, sometimes it feels like I'm just taking the photo to get the idea kind of out of my head and out in front of me so I can look at it and then I might post it online, but it doesn't feel like I'm doing it for non-selfish reasons. Whereas before it felt like more like I was. So I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to reframe my relationship with photography in a way that isn't just kind of trying to take a photo that I like and then that's where it stops. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because I found that there's, it's harder to find a community, at least right now it has been. It's harder to find like community motivation with photography. So it feels very internal. And then when it's very internal, it, it can lose its direction, it feels like. Yeah. So that's where I've been yeah. at. And it's like, if, if you just want to do that and you, you just want to 
take a photo because it's what you want to do, then it's fine. But if you want to take, if you want photography to have more of a purpose, then yeah, like for me, there's, there's, sometimes when I play guitar just because I want to play guitar Mm -hmm. and in that case I'm not making any music that's like building community or building connection between people or anything I'm just playing guitar because it's fun and I just want to do that Mm -hmm. but then but then other at other times I do want to like when I'm thinking about like my work as a musician, like sitting on the couch by myself and playing guitar is like, I don't, what's, what's a good analogy? It's like if someone, if someone's a, like a woodworker mm-hmm. and they just like sit on the couch and like play with wood because it's comforting to them and they, maybe they, they like make wood shavings while they watch TV. Yeah. But then they go out into the world and like build a house and that's like their work. Whereas at home, they're just like making wood shavings for fun. It's not even like they might Mm -hmm. make a sculpture and then they might destroy it or they might throw it in the fire. It doesn't matter. So there's, I don't know. There's both of those can exist. Yeah. Maybe I think Um, what it feels like is, is maybe going out and taking photos is like practicing guitar and then maybe making a photo book or having an exhibition is like playing a concert. And when you play, Mm -hmm. so like playing a concert is communal the same way an exhibition could be communal. I think I, I kind of, I set aside the idea of exhibitions after I realized how expensive they can be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, the printing photos and having a space to present them is, it can be a lot. It's, um, like yeah. it can be a lot of lead time to even get into a, a space and a lot of money to, to print everything. So I've kind of like, yeah. I've, and kind not of, a whole lot of people go to photo exhibitions. Exactly. Yeah. Versus concerts. Like everyone goes to concerts every once in a while, but yeah. Concerts are, are a part of a lot of people's weekly lives. Um, even just going to like the bar on Friday night to see some jazz, you know? Yeah. So w- with photography, I don't feel like I have that kind of, community reach um and not not to say i i want reach to be popular i just want uh i want to have like a dialogue you know um Mm -hmm. and so i'm trying to figure out how to do that um yeah 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 with with music what happened was i just started i I got lucky and I just went to where people needed help with music. You know, mm-hmm. my, my friend Mila started sing for joy and they were happy to have me drum and play guitar for them, which 
like drumming for sing for joy is is like i have a music degree and i'm capable of a lot of things mm-hmm. and drumming for sing for joy is easy and playing yeah. guitar for sing for joy is easy it's like four chords and the drumming is always like easy and and so i don't know what the analogy in photography is but like maybe it's like just buying like uh, a a disposable or not a disposable what 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 are those cameras that like they like polaroids polaroids like the um, in- instant cameras yeah yeah. Like go, just going around to where people are gathered, like at a festival or at a concert, even, and just taking Polaroids and giving them out, like that's okay. Like super. I don't. I, I'm not saying that you should do that, but but that's an idea. I'm saying that's super easy, and it doesn't really take that much photography skill. I mean, you'll you'll bring your skill to it, but it. Mm-hmm. You just like, I don't know, point and shoot. But I have been thinking, but like, it might be more meaningful. It yeah. might bring you that dialogue. Growing up, like in high school, we had a friend named Curtis, and he would film a lot of our adventures, a lot of our just like outings with all of our friends, and he would make them into really nice films. And I still watch them, I still go back to his Vimeo page or his Facebook page and I watch these films of us so I've been trying to also do that when I go out with friends I I bring the camera and and try and be kind of as non-intrusive as possible and then take photos of everyone out um, so that they have a memory to look back on like they have something tangible they can go back and appreciate Um, so I, I do get a lot of like meaning out of that i guess maybe it's it's been harder recently with uh you know everyone's has to be physically distant from each other right now um because i do i do think i can find this more communal meaning with photography if i can get myself into those those situations where I am with a lot of people and I'm creating memories that they can hold on to. Hmm. That might be something. Well, how did you, how did you feel about, um, taking pictures at the, uh, the event the that we had? River song? Yeah. Yeah. That was the, like, that was one of the like craziest events I've ever been to. It was <laughs> <laughs> honestly, well, like not crazy, like, but uh, community in a different way. Like it was, what was it? Like 200 people, 150 people out. A hundred, I think 180 or something. 180. Was okay. Was 180 maximum? people out at a camp all kind of like everyone was just there for each other. And I, yeah. I enjoyed being a part of that. And I, I took a lot of photos that I really liked and like the people appreciating me doing that was really nice. Everyone was super kind. So I did like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a really cool 
It was... There's a weird thing about going somewhere with a camera um, and kind of being on the outside of things. Um, mm-hmm. Like you're not... Like you're you're kind of double dipping. You're like, you've got one foot in the experience and another foot on the edge of the experience, kind of taking photos and observing, mm-hmm. um, which can be a challenge, but it's it's something to navigate. I kind of find this is kind of maybe this is a different subject entirely, but I kind of often find when I do have my camera and I'm taking photos of the group of people I'm with, with all my friends, I feel kind of nostalgic for the present moment. Um, I like am anticipating the nostalgia I'm going to feel when I look back at these photos later. So it, it does take you out of moments here and there, Mm. which is another challenge with photography that I've been trying to figure out. Yeah. It's kind of similar with music too. Like when, when we're leading a, a group in singing, Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely a difference between leading and being led, like being the person responsible for the music yeah is like you have to think about teaching it and you have to worry about whether everyone's singing it properly and you're listening closely to see if there's anything you could do to make it better whereas if you're just there participating um you don't have to think about any of that and you just sing Mm, that's true um so i mean i i don't know people if people listening know what kind of singing we're talking about but just You'll have to trust what I just said is true. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's not like a choir where you're constantly worrying about singing the right notes or anything. No, that's that's I I like that analogy. If I'm playing a gig, I feel a lot different than if I'm in the audience of a gig. Let's let's say if I'm playing twenty minutes in one set of a gig and the whole first hour I'm listening, the whole first hour still feels different. Mm-hmm. Because I know in a little bit I'm going to be responsible to, you know, perform for the room. And it's a different feeling. So it kind of takes you takes you out of the room a little bit. Yeah. So that I guess that's the sacrifice you make if, if you want to be that leader in the music or in the photography. Like if you want to. That's true do the photography then you're gonna have to be a little bit out of the moment and worry about the picture and mm-hmm. think about how you're gonna edit it and all these things which which aren't in the moment but yeah what i have been so the, <laughs> this is kind of funny i've been doing photography for like 10 years now and for the first time i have my own film camera it's sitting on the bed behind me actually um Well, it's not mine. It's a borrowed film camera, but I've started shooting 35 millimeter film and I've shot a lot of film in school, but the school had a lot of film cameras. So I never kind of had one for an extended period of time, but now I do. And it's loaded with film right now. Um, And I've been enjoying the process of taking a step back and shooting film you don't get to look at your photos right away. It keeps you in the moment more. 
because you can't really you, you just you think about the one photo that you want to describe this event and then you've taken it and then you kind of forget about it because mm. otherwise you'll just shoot roll after roll and it gets expensive <laughs> yeah um, and there's a really interesting thing that happens when you can't look at your photos right away you have a different relationship with them every photo is kind of a surprise so on the film camera there's the viewfinder um mm -hmm. is there so when you take the picture there's no way to like there's no screen on the camera where you can like go back and look at the the little screen of of what you the picture yeah. you just took so the, so yeah, the back that? of the camera is, is just is just a cover so there's no there's no lcd screen anywhere um the only reading that you have is like how many shots you have left on the roll of film <laughs> and and all so the things you look, like shutter and aperture and stuff so you, you look in the viewfinder mm -hmm. you see your frame you take the yeah. picture and then you don't see it at all until you develop yeah. it yeah and then that's huh. it and then so it's it's really interesting thing where you might shoot a roll of film and then you might have to wait a couple days to drop it off. And then you have to wait a couple days to pick it up after the camera store has developed it. Um, and then you get to look at your photos. So hmm. it kind of, it makes you patient and it makes you contemplate. There's it's, it's more, there's more of a memory associated with the photos when there are fewer in numbers and also, it's the first time you've ever looked at them. Yeah. Because a lot of people, when they go out with a digital camera, they'll, you know, they'll take 500 photos in a day. And then they, they can always look at them anytime. So they, you know, the relationship they have with them is more immediate. Whereas with film, there's just this, this distance that kind of, for me, it it helps uh, bring myself more into what's happening in front of me. Um, I don't shoot jobs on film um, or anything like that, but recently if I've been going out for a bike ride with a couple of friends, I'll just take a film camera just for fun. Hmm. Yeah. I was going to say something. Um, I don't know what it was. I don't know. I was just imagining, like, we all have these cell phones now that have pretty good cameras in them. Yeah. And what if cell phone cameras were film cameras? <laughs> so, like, if you imagine people, like, uh, like, taking a selfie or something, like, they're on the bridge, it's like, or, like, looking over the, the view at the at the lake or something i don't know mm -hmm. and it's like okay we got to take this picture but we're not going to be able to look at it after we take it and we're going to have to go to the film place to get it developed yeah. and it's going to take a few days yeah so like let's make this picture really worth it and then you, you take it and then it's it that's it and then yeah. you go and enjoy your day and then three days later you're act you're looking at it and you actually remember three days before, whereas 
Whereas nowadays you take a picture and you look at it immediately and you're like, oh, that happened five seconds ago. Yeah. And then you look at it like 500 times as you're, you're adjusting the Instagram filter. Mm-hmm. And then you post it on Instagram and you look at it again, even though it just happened like 30 seconds ago. And then, and then an hour later it gets some likes and you look at it again. It's like, oh, that happened one hour ago. And then, and then you never look at it like three days later. Whereas yeah, like the film, that, that the, the first time you see it is three days later. Mm-hmm. It extends your relationship with the photo. And that's what I like about it. And interestingly enough, I was the last time I went in to pick up a roll of film, the camera store was mostly 20-somethings. And they were mostly hmm. there to uh, drop off disposable cameras or pick up disposable cameras. Um because it's like it's come back. People are appreciating the patience. And film does feel more communal because if you pick up prints from the shop, you usually, you know, you get the people together that were in those photos and you look at them together. Hmm. So it, it does feel like there's more there's there's just more connection that can be involved. And I think people are looking yeah, for I, that right now, which is I guess people are looking for the experience rather yeah. than the the product of a photo. It's like the experience of taking a film photo and going and getting it developed. Yeah. Um It's like a precious I'm reading a thing. book. I'm reading a book right now that it's about Toronto and it's it goes it's called Consolation by Michael Redhill and he he wrote it it goes back and forth between like present day well kind of like 1990s and 1850s and in the 1850s, it follows this guy who ends up becoming a photographer in Toronto and ends up taking that famous panorama picture. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's from 1856, and it's a panorama of this, the entire city of Toronto taking, taken from the top of the t- tallest hotel at the time, which was only like five stories. Um. Okay, I just and looked it very, up. I don't, I don't recognize it off by hand, but I'm sure I've seen it before. Yeah, it's very interesting because back then, it was very much about the product as well because people, like photos had just been invented pretty much and now everyone wants like mm-hmm. the physical photograph to take home or to send to their relatives to show them what the what the new kid what the what the five year old kid looks like now, like mail the photograph over. It's like very much about the physical thing, and they I don't think they really cared too much about the experience of going to visit the photographer and having to sit still for thirty seconds while the camera takes an exposure and yeah. all of that stuff. It's like they didn't really care about that. They just wanted the picture. And now that now that ha- getting pictures is so easy, 
it's like we now we're going back to wanting the experience of having to get it developed and having that memory made uh, yeah. having your experience with the photo drawn out like like you said no it's all very true huh. i like i'm new i'm new to it i shot four by five film in um in school which is like sheet film and that uh that was like a, a really really fun experience and i wanted to do something like that again so here i am i haven't shot film in a little bit because i don't want to take my film in to get developed constantly right now with like store closures and stuff um mm. but i have i have some rolls kind of waiting to be scanned so i'm looking forward to doing that All right. Well, we've been going for half an hour. Is there anything anything else you want to say or talk about? I think that's that's good. I'm also feeling like I need to get better at talking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. That's so one of the like... thing that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast. I'm uh, happy to be on it because I, I think I have improvement to do. Well, you, I think you started out, you're, you're already as good as I am. So, <laughs> and I've had 28 episodes of practice, so maybe you'll get better <laughs> than me. Um, I feel like the, I feel like there needs to be like, a final question that I ask every single one of my de- guests before okay. the end, <laughs> but I don't know what that question should be yet. Um, I have like a, I have a summary statement. A summary statement of this ep- this episode is that the people in your life are important. The the people that uh, you share your art with whether it be music or photography are important that's what i i think that's what i learned but you can ask me Hmm. a question if you want (laughs) i feel like it should be something kind of kind of silly like um like what's a hot take opinion that we need to sort out I don't know. I can't think of one right now. Another other podcasts are like um they ask every guest if they have a paranormal experience oh. or something like that. That's true. Um but I don't want to copy other podcasts. So I can't ask that question. We this could be a work a work in progress. Okay, maybe I'll think about that and figure out for next time what the closing question will be. That sounds good. Okay. Let's end it there. That's my longest podcast so far. Oh no. The one with Steph was the longest one anyway. Okay. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, you can email me. You probably have my email already, but it's paulbartonsounds at gmail.com. All right.